Jill Bennett sitting in for Simi Sarah for a couple of weeks. Well, it was another busy summer weekend. And once again, we are sh- talking about the shortage of paramedics to staff ambulances. That is continuing yesterday. As we know, we were told no paramedics for the ambulances in mission. And on Saturday, there was no one in the ambulances as well. No staff available for the ambulances in Maple Ridge. The ambulance paramedics of BC say this is a province-wide issue. It is especially acute in remote areas, but is also becoming a bigger problem in Metro Vancouver. Joining us now is Troy Clifford, the president of the union representing paramedics, dispatchers, also an active paramedic. Troy, thanks so much for being back with us. Thank you for having me on this morning. What exactly happened then when we talk about no paramedics for ambulances in mission on Saturday, uh, no one in Maple Ridge, what does that actually mean as far as uh, surely somebody in those communities called 911 on the weekend? So what would have happened? So absolutely. So the standard, you know, I guess you can call normal times. It's when you have either large call volumes or a spiking calls in an area or a geographic community or what have you. Yeah, it, you'd move in resources. And that's the beauty of our provincial ambulance service, where we can move resources around depending on needs and that. You know, I like, for example, when you have a mass casualty incident and the tragic incident in West Vancouver, you can move resources around. The problem you have in scenarios like we're describing that's gotten worse lately, like the missions to Maple Ridge, you know, even Kamloops on the weekend was really tough, just to name a couple, uh, is that you don't have the abundance or the full staffing in those other communities. So moving uh, resources around is really challenging because you're already depleted. So that's why the situation becomes even more dire. So they wouldn't have left uh, ultimately Maple Ridge uncovered, but they would have been uh, greater distances. And we know that uh, Abbotsford and other communities on in the Fraser Valley were already depleted of resources. So we were already at thin thin resources because of the staffing. Um, I know now, uh, just coming into reports this morning, that Maple Ridge had no staffed ambulances again overnight. So, um, you know, it's becoming, you know, and just another example of uh, things. I know that uh, many of the communities in the Caribou and across the uh, Northern Island and and a lot of remote and rural communities, but we're seeing it in urban centers like the sizes of Cornell and and that where you only have one ambulance staffed. um, And that's large population basis. But uh, the lower mainland becomes considerably uh, more challenged because of the larger population and higher call volumes. So I know that overnight, uh, again, the Fraser Valley, Chilliwack, Abbotsford, uh, Mission, uh, Maple Ridge, and even into Langley and and, and that were really short staffed, but it, it was across the metro area, you know, downtown Vancouver, etc. And, and I'm glad you mentioned that kind of the, the resources and, and shifting resources. So, so how would that work then when we talk about some areas, there were no ambulances staffed. Uh, unfortunately, we did have uh, that mass casualty uh, event in West Vancouver where 11 ambulances responded. So how is it possible to have 11 ambulances respond to, to one incident when we have no staffing in other areas? Yes, well, that depletes resources, obviously. So they're coming from farther distance. And I don't know all the specifics of where they came from and that. But, uh, you know, we don't have that many ambulances on the North Shore. So they would have been coming from uh, greater distances for an incident like that. And what that does is it it just pushes uh, response times down on the highest acuity calls. Other ones, we make do um, when you're already... And then what you do is it pushes down the less emergency calls to longer wait times. Um, and that's just uh, under normal circumstances, uh, people can understand that. But it becomes when, when this, 
this staffing and the shortage of ambulance becomes the norms. You don't have the capacity to uh, absorb those uh, those incidents, which under normal times that wouldn't be uh, a real significant uh, uh, um, pressure on the system. Um, you know, obviously it is a large event that requires a lot of resources, but uh, you still could absorb it. Because you don't staff and, and resource ambulances or any emergency service for like the, the, the major events or the lows, right? You try and uh, do the averaging and then you can move resources around or call them in. We haven't had that capacity for some time. So that's why these events, even, you know, heat domes, any of these major things that put, uh, you know, large events that uh, bring people into town. You know, I'm in the Okanagan uh, and, you know, large recreational stuff we talk about mission and maple ridge where lots of people are out and about um there's uh, you know those are very busy communities um you know just to highlight them so it's it's really these type of situations really put pressure on already a dire situation what is happening with the numbers then with the announcement made not too too long ago that bc was going to get 85 new full-time paramedics and 22 new ambulances that was a promise made by the health minister what has happened with with those numbers so after last july when those announcements and the government structure all that stuff has been put in place uh, well in place but uh, what's happened is we still haven't filled those vacancies so the resources the funding the ambulances are there the positions are there but we just don't have enough paramedics to fill the positions and right now we're upwards of a thousand vacancies in the province um, and that's for a number of reasons administrative uh, a bureaucracy, I'll call it, uh, for filling positions. But really, at the end of the day, we don't have enough paramedics coming into this profession or staying in the profession to fill the spots. Um, and that's really a, a result of a disparity in wages and our ability to recruit because we're well behind our partners in police and fire and, and health disciplines. And that's really when you have a human resources challenge like we're facing right now, that's the biggest biggest deterrent for us uh, attracting people into this profession and and that's got to change and I think there's an acknowledgement of that but it's a really tough thing to change overnight and then right now we really need to uh, stop relying on this on-call part-time precarious model that has not worked and it's not filling ambulances and that's why we're not staffing ambulances in remote and rural BC is because people aren't prepared to volunteer essentially for two dollars an hour waiting for a call we need to activate those uh part-time on-call members and pay them full-time wages for the shifts um, and that will allow us to staff those ambulances in a short term while we get longer term solutions that we've been putting forward. So changing that pay structure, uh, if that was to happen and even say changing the cost of, of the courses to become a paramedic, would that be enough do you think to be able to recruit more paramedics? I think that would probably be the biggest significant difference. Yes, I do. And the reason for that is because I think there's a lot of people that want to get into the profession, but they have choices. And they're taking the choices where they, you know, private industry is recruiting a lot of medics because they can make, uh, it's very lucrative and they can make, make uh, meaningful wages and benefits there. Uh, you're also seeing them go into other professions. Like, there's only so many people that want to do this type of work, police, fire, ambulance, nursing, health, uh, you know, physicians, that sort of stuff. And, and they're all challenged for recruitment too. But the difference is I think the wage scheme for them 
and the opportunity for full-time work is, is way better than it is in the paramedic field. And this is a product, as you know, Jill, for many years of lagging behind. So it's not a, something that happened overnight, but it's really been exposed the last couple of years. People have been asking me lately, well, this is because of COVID. It's not because of COVID. COVID exposed it and really highlighted how far we got behind, and it, it definitely increased our call volume. It's not because of the opiate crisis, which has been going on for six or seven years now. And, you know, that's added pressures on us. But uh, it's all sort of a cumulative thing. It's not necessary. But our call volumes are going up. It just every day we're getting busier and busier. And our, we've got to find a way to recruit people better. Um, and really the, the first step for that is, uh, you know, getting us on par with our partners uh, or at least closing that gap. All right. Uh, Troy, as always, thank you so much for taking the time and for joining us this morning. Thank you, Jill, for having us on. And, you know, thank, thanks to everybody with their patience with the, with the system. We, you know, it's really tough for us all.